0: This is the Gate Charlotte podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews Here's the deal guys. I'm really excited this morning and I'm gonna I'm gonna get you with me sooner or later because I feel like my energy level is like here right now. And, and I'm, I'm you're making me work hard, like, doing this thing. Like, I need you to, like, come up with me, all right? I am jacked up this morning. I am so excited. Like, I woke up this morning, and if this is your first time, if you're watching the stream on the gate, that's awesome. This is pretty much normal. Normal is a relative term. And for me, I woke up this morning at 5 a.m., which is around when I wake up on Sundays, just to review and to prepare. And I woke up, and, and my little Alexa went off, So pretty. It's like this pretty sound. And I woke up and the Lord said, Go back to sleep. I said, That's a good word right there. And so I I hit I hit snooze for 15 minutes and I said, I'm gonna go back to sleep. And so I hit snooze and I had an incredible dream. And I woke back up and the Lord said, Just keep going back to sleep. Boom. Went back to sleep. Amazing dream. I did it for an hour and had a dream every 15 minutes. About this church, about people that go to this church, about people that are going to come to this church, about all these different things. And the Lord is filling me and he was saying, I'm bringing you into a new season where you're going to do things differently. Some of the times when you feel like you had to do something, you actually just get the rest and go to sleep and I'll take care of it. And he's doing something new. He's changing things. He's raising up a new generation. And by new generation, I'm not talking about an age group. I'm talking about a people that are thinking differently, they're seeing differently, they're praying differently, they're worshiping differently, they're, everything's changing. It's so much fun. Unless you don't like it, and then it may not be that fun. But it really is. It's so much fun because there's so much freedom. There's no striving in it. It's just resting in the goodness of the Lord. What's happening is, is what we used to categorize as revival is becoming the new Christianity, Revivals come and go. They were never meant to. They were meant to be a lifestyle, not an event. And we've taken what was meant to be a lifestyle and we've created events. We've created walls here, 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 and Jesus never created those. Jesus always just lived the normal life. It's just we think it's abnormal because we're not living it. But he sets the standard. I said, he sets the standard. I know we don't like that because then that puts it back on us. But he set the standard so what he did was normal. Okay. There's this concept called first mention in the Bible. When you go back and you find the first mention of something, right? You guys have studied your Bible. A lot of times you go back and find the first time something was mentioned. The first person that ever walked in the new covenant was Jesus. So everything he did was normal for a new covenant believer. He set the standard. So now we just need to walk in it. And with every outpouring of God, there's going to be different people that rise up. There's going to be people typically with every outpouring. And I want to talk to you about this because I don't believe that we're in for just um, how do I say this? I don't want to say we're not in for just a wave because I do believe it comes in waves, but I don't believe it's like a wave and then it recedes. It's like a wave and 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 a wave. And a wave. Every time, though, there's an outpouring, every time there's people that are hungry enough, every time there's people that are recalibrating their thinking, every time people come together like, what's happening here? There's three groups of people that raise up. There's going to be people that are hungry and they want to be a part of it. There's going to be people that don't like it and they'll challenge it. And there's going to be bystanders that don't know if it's God. The fruit's great, but for some reason we don't know if it's God. As if the devil gives good fruit. I've said it before, people say nasty things. That's so a cult? Well, it's one of the healthiest cults. I mean, it's like people are happy, set free. They're loving their kids. Their kids love them. Their, their marriages are being restored. I don't know what your definition of a cult is. But we've got some healthy stuff going on here. <laughs> oh, He's so good. If a group of people would just begin living normal Christian lives, you'd be living in a sustained revival. The problem is if you're sustaining your revival with sin, you have to keep having sinners to keep revival going. And that's what we've created revivals based on, is sinners. We need people to keep getting saved, and then that actually becomes the fuel for it. I don't think that's a good fuel. I think there's going to be a response of people coming to the kingdom, coming to the Lord when, there's, when we're doing our, I hate to call it our job, but when we're living the life God's called us to live. People are going to come, but we don't have meetings around just getting people saved. We, have, we come together around the goodness of the Lord. So let's go there. Are you with me? I don't know exactly what's going to happen this morning, but let's just see. I've been thinking a lot. I'm still trying to unpack last weekend. I could be saying that 10 years from now. (laughs) Like, honestly, I'm still trying to unpack last weekend. Our, our speakers, some of them are still trying to unpack last weekend. They're still texting me. I don't think you guys realize how powerful, uh, maybe, maybe we could miss how powerful it really was. And I sat in that room over there after the last night of the conference with Bill Vanderbush and he said, you know, I can't remember the last time I was in a conference that I felt was this like pinpoint accurate. He said a lot of them are just encouraging gatherings. He said they're always encouraging It's like we gather around a thing and we get encouraged and we have a meeting and we leave and we're all encouraged and yay. He said, but there was a point to this. There there was a point to it. We're coming together to say, Lord, how can we see the church reshaped, reformed into what you originally intended it to be? We're not creating a new version. It's a reforming. And one of the keys that I think that we're having to understand is some of the differences between in this, in this new relationship and this new place that we're at with the Lord is understanding there is some differences. I put a post online that I'm, I'm probably actually going to take it down and rewrite it because I don't think it fully, just my heart got through it. But I put a post up online about heaven and I said two things that were game changers for me with heaven. Um, one of them was that I'm not chasing heaven, heaven's chasing me. I don't remember the other one, so it must not be much of a game changer, but for some reason, I can't remember it, so sorry. Um, everybody's looking at their Facebook right now. I can tell you, <laughs> cheaters, um, but, but one of the things that I began to realize was that heaven's chasing me, but in response, I chase heaven. Here's the thing. I'm constantly in pursuit of my wife, not because she's leaving me. I'm in pursuit of my wife because of her love for me and her pursuit of me has me respond in a way that I pursue her. You can't come to him without him coming to you first. You can't pursue heaven without heaven pursuing you first. There is a response, though. There is a response that's necessary. But how we respond is really important. How you interpret chasing and pursuing heaven is huge because if you interpret it as though it's gonna run away from you and you'll never catch it, it's a false interpretation of pursuit. A healthy pursuit is saying, you are, I feel so much goodness off of you. I feel so much love off of you. It turns, I turn around and I'm gonna pursue you. It's not a, My spouse is leaving me if I don't pursue them. You got to get this because that's how much of the church has operated is in their thinking is like, if I could only ever catch him. It's never as hard. He's not playing a game of like hide and seek and he's that good and you'll never get him. He's, he's loving you. He's lavishing you. He's, we sing songs, and Bill Vanderbush said it online, songs like The Reckless Love of God. He'll kick down, he'll go up the mountains, he kicks down every door. You know the song. And he's like, but there is a part two of that song that's not been written yet. It's our response to him. It's us saying, you know what, I'll go, I'll go over any mountain to find you, to respond to you, to pursue you. Are you awake this morning? (laughs) This is so important that we get this piece on the response to the Father. But it's not desperation. It's not an unhealthy place. It's not out of a place of emptiness and I don't have anything. It's a response to love. But what we can't do is we can't swing it the other way and say, well, we've got everything we need now. Just gonna come and just be... You see, there's a balance that is really hard sometimes. One thing we learn with the church is it seems, like, it seems like when God reveals something new, we go, whoa, and then we come back. And then he reveals something else new, we go, whoa, and we come back. And the problem is, is that everybody looks at it when it's right here and they say, well, that's craziness. Well, it's new revelation. There's this little thing called grace, too, that we have to have when we're walking in new territories, that we don't know it all yet. We're figuring it out. And one of the important things that has to stay in the life of a healthy believer, and I believe this with all my heart, is spiritual hunger. We have to stay hungry for him. We have to stay hungry for him. How many understand that hunger is healthy? People that aren't hungry are sick. Someone that's never hungry has something wrong. In the natural world, though, we get hungry by not eating. In the kingdom of God, we get hungry by eating. (laughs) You see, the kingdom works way different. (laughs) The more I eat of him, the hungrier I get. It's this thing where I I, I taste of it, and I'm like, I want more of that. And there's this fine line between walking this walk and understanding that I have the fullness of Christ, all of the Ephesians 1, 2, 3, 4 passages, everything that we carry, but at the same time, staying hungry for him. And it's not always easy. Sometimes it swings really far one way and has to swing back. This interesting passage in um, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three, and it's just one verse. I'll read it to you. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three says, "He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna. Everybody, say manna, Manna. which neither you know your your ancestor had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord." Said he fed you with manna. This word manna. It's kind of fun. I've talked about this before. The word manna means what is it? It's kind of a fun word, right? It's manna. What is it? God's going to provide for you. What is it? This drives the intellects nuts. It's like God's going to do something new. What? What is it? Often when God is moving, he does it in a mystery. Our hunger is demonstrate, put it this way, our hunger for him is often demonstrated in our ability to embrace mysteries. Our hunger for him is often demonstrated in our our ability to embrace things we do not understand. When something's happening and I don't get it, you can get hungry or you can get religious. I come into church, I love our church because I never know what's going to happen. It's so boring if you know what's going to happen every week. It's like, you're going to come in, do your thing. It's like, no, man, it's boring. Maybe that's just who I am. I was that kid that I always changed things. Like my mom knows. I would like change my room every like month. And now my daughter's starting to do it. I'm like, she took after her dad. She's like, dad, guess what I did? I moved my dresser over here. I'm like, how did you move that dresser? It's like huge. She's like, yeah, I moved it. I love the freshness. I love it. And I think that it's something that's naturally in us because the kingdom of God is always advancing. It's always changing. It's always new. And there's always things that it's, it's, it's this, he's always good, but it's always different. And so, and so we get into this place where we could come in and we could do our, our, our man, we could do our quick. 15 20 minute worship service and we could get people out the door in 45 minutes to an hour but who really wants that I know a couple of people, me <laughs> I love it I love it you come in and you experience things you see things you see you come in and the presence of God hits people and the person that was like you've known like for 10 years that's really quiet all of a sudden gets hit by the glory and they're like, whoa! And you're like, whoa! Where did that come from? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those moments were like, one of my favorite moments, I don't think they're even here today, was when Declan got up here and he was like, he said, his love is savage! I'm like, whoa! This is like Declan, he's my little South African and he's like super quiet and he like got up here and came out. Why? Because things happen in the presence that change you. But they don't change you for the bad. They bring out what God already put there. And he's pulling it out, and he's pulling it out, but there's two different people. There's three different people. There's people that come in, and they say, I'm hungry. Let's do this. There's a second group of people who say, I don't want that. And there's third that are like, well, I don't know about that. They're not lost. I've seen people that do this, and then all of a sudden just get whacked. Like, oh, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Some people come in like, I don't know about this. The next thing you know, they're like, "Oh," and they're like, you know, "I'm <laughs> by the glory." You're like, "That's funny, right there." That's funny, right there. But our ability to steward this, our ability to steward what God is doing, and it's not just here. There's things happening in the whole city. There's things happening all over the map. But I can tell you, I'm I'm getting to hear more things from pastors all over Charlotte, and there's things happening all over the place. Things are shifting. We got a testimony from somebody that came to this conference, said that I came, have to be honest, I traveled all day. I was not in the mood for anything Friday night. Anybody know what I'm talking about? First night of a conference, you traveled, you're like, <sighs> And she's, this the, she sent this testimony, and she said, I came, I had a zero expectation. I even went to the back of the room at the end of the session with Bill Vanderbush, and he's like, you know what, I just feel like God's going to release his power. She said, I don't know how to explain it, but all of a sudden, I felt like heat and coldness came over my whole body. She said, it felt like someone took biofreeze and just sprayed my whole body. It was like freezing and burning, Anybody know what I'm talking about? And she said, all I know is like my hands began to tremble. I began to have oil in my hands, and I felt the presence of God. She said, the crazy thing is service ended, and it didn't stop. She said, I went back. Everybody wanted to do dinner. She said, I just wanted to go back and be in the hotel room, be by myself. So everybody went out. And she realized when she was laying there, she said, I have been dealing with a number of infirmities for years. And she said, and her hands were still like burning. She's like, why don't I just lay hands on myself? So she's laying in bed. She lays hands on herself. She gets completely healed in her bedroom by just laying hands on her own head. Gets completely wrecked by God. (laughs) Why? Because she came and she was hungry. She may not have been in the mood at the moment, but something got her here. And there's things that happen in that atmosphere that don't happen anywhere else. And it rocked her. (laughs) Oh, I'm hearing so many testimonies of things that happen. Here's the thing. Nobody prayed for her. Nobody laid hands on her. She laid hands on herself. We probably should do that more often. Hot, cold, what is it? He loves doing stuff like that. He just, what is it? (laughs) Our ability to trust him in this place of mystery actually will position us for greater revelation of who he is. Some of the saddest, some of the most frustrated believers are people that think they have to understand everything. Oh, so frustrating. I get messages all the time on Facebook, some of them not so nice. And it's like, (laughs) when did we ever think that we could fully understand God? People are like, was it in the Bible? Better question is, does it contradict the Bible? I'm going to be careful because then I'm really going to get eaten alive, especially streaming. He will never contradict himself, he'll never contradict his word. But he also says in Psalms 100, somewhere, he says, God sits in heaven and does whatever he wants. He left himself a have fun card. It says, I'm the one sitting in heaven, I get to do what I want. The question is, is do we want to experience it? And if we do, are we hungry enough to look past the things that are weird and say, "I love this. I love your presence. I love the freshness of what you're doing in the earth. I love it." See Jesus Jesus continually in, in Luke chapter nine, verse 46, it talks about when Jesus remember when the disciples were having um, Who's who's the better one, right? Who's who's better? Good old church people. Well, <laughs> well, I uh, not to brag, but I'm here 15 minutes early every week, so they're over here. Well, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I give faithfully. Jesus says, "Hey, grab the kids." So he gets this kid. He says these guys this guy's the greatest he gets the kingdom of God now when God begins to bring the kids into the picture kids are amazing because kids have no limitations and they're like they haven't been beat down yet I love like like love talking to kids my favorite person to ask in a room after a service what did you feel is a kid because they don't actually try to filter it through things that are real like if you see things in the spirit, you're trying to really put it together. Like, what was that? A kid's just like, I just saw, like, a horse's head on a, this body and with wings. And it's like, uh, you know what I mean? They just, they just, say, they just say it. Right. They've got this imagination going on. And Jesus comes, and he says that these children are great. Great. They're the greatest. Jesus is making a point. If you can accept what no one else will accept, you'll get to go where no one else will go. If you'll accept what no one else will accept, you get to go places that no one else gets to go. Mm, I feel that it says in a, I think it's Proverbs twenty seven. Let's see Proverbs twenty seven, verse, uh, seven. One who is full loathes the honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. (laughs) One who is full, just for fun, I'm going to say one who is religious. One who is religious loathes the honey from the comb. But to those who are hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. I've, I really, I've, I've talked about this in the past. It was a long time ago, but I really believe That there's a key right here in this passage that is to see the church go from glory to glory to glory. And is it that we're hungry enough that even sometimes when bitter things happen, it's sweet? I don't want to be a food critic, I don't want to be a spiritual food critic. You know what I'm talking about? Well, that tastes funny. And if they would only change that and a little bit of that, add some of that, lose some of that, it'd be great. How hungry are you? You know? How hungry are we? You see, this is the key that when someone can walk into a room... And one person can walk in and sit next to another person, and one person's getting blasted by the Holy Spirit. And the other person's like, what time is it? Whoa. (whistles) It's getting late. (whistles) Because I haven't eaten in like three hours. Whoa. (laughs) This is when one person can come in. And they can be kneeling and worshiping, just worshiping. And the other person could be saying, is this song almost over? Oh. To the person that's full, the honey doesn't even taste that good. To the person that's hungry, even the bitter things are sweet. See, there's so much hidden in this. This is that piece where, this is the piece where where so many, I think so many uh, genuine outpourings of the Holy Spirit got messed up because weird stuff happens. But it's not always so much about the weird stuff as much as it is how we handle it. You're not going to have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit without weird stuff. <laughs> All right you're not gonna have anything with people without weird stuff. We're people. I mean, there's gonna be weird stuff. It's just folks. When you come in here and the room is empty, you're pretty safe. As soon as people, maybe. (laughs) But when you come in and there's a room full of people, stuff happens. It's okay, though. Because the question, the greater question is, how hungry are you? Are you hungry enough that we can deal with this because I just want to be where his presence is? I want to be where it's happening. See, that's where pastors shut it down. They shut it down. Because a few people, they got their feelings hurt, didn't like something, started coming against it. And then what do they do? They go to the leadership. And then they shut it down. Especially, I better not go there. But... (laughs) Oh, we're streaming now I'm learning I'm learning y'all are a lot nicer than my streaming audience <laughs> but they close it down they, the, a few people come in and they say well I don't know about this and if you don't stop this I'm out but the problem is is that my, I'm responsible to do the will of God not the will of man and sometimes they butt heads because we haven't fully been renewed into what God's doing. And the hardest point is right on the beginning because nobody else is doing it yet. And most of you don't know this because everybody knows, you know, Bethel out in Redding. Ooh, Bethel. Ooh. Most of you don't know that the first month that Bill took that church, he lost 1,000 of his members. <sighs> By the way, it was only like 2,000. So it was like half his membership left. See, now we get to be on the other side, and it's exploding, and people love it, and it's like, yay, Bethel. They were not saying, yay, Bill, when he first came. But the hungry ones stayed. The hungry ones hung it out, and were like, we're with you. And God is doing something that's new again. It's fresh. He's reforming things. He's changing our worship songs to actually sound like what he thinks. He's changing things, and the question is, is are we hungry enough to say, let's do this? See, religion will keep you full. Religion is like junk food. It often tastes good, and it's gone very quickly. You feel hungry again, but it fills you up momentarily. See, but what God's doing is so much deeper than that. He's actually, I I feel it with all my heart, he's not only making spiritually healthy people. What he's doing in the earth right now is going much broader than that. He's going to make emotionally healthy people. He's gonna make physically healthy people. We have taken it like almost like, well, here's the church. We're just responsible for the the spiritual aspect. Just the spiritual. You can prophesy all day but no one likes you. (laughs) But all we're gonna focus on is teaching you how to prophesy more. (laughs) But it gets to the point where you're really good at prophesying, but nobody cares what you're saying because they don't like you. Maybe we should focus on emotional health too and making healthy people emotionally so that when you open your mouth, people say, that's a good guy. Yeah. I like him, and when he has, says something, I want to hear it. And, and there's the physical piece that I'm not even going to get into because everybody gets mad when you talk about health. <laughs> oh. And it's important. It's important. I, I Listen, the best advice I can tell you is to surround your, yourself with people that are healthy. There's my here's my friends. I I go I go to Colin Holly do my uh, chiropractic deal, and Holly's always taking something else I love. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, do you know what they use soda for? I'm like, don't tell me. <laughs> Stop, Holly. <laughs> no, you you surround yourself with people that are spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, physically healthy. Why? Because you're going to raise up to the level of the people you surround yourself with. It's just how it works. And vice versa, if you surround yourself with everybody under you, you've hit the ceiling of how high you're going to go. Yeah, that's right. Some of the most gifted people don't surround themselves with people that are greater than them, so they never get any higher. And I see them, and I can see it in them. I say, you're amazing, but you're scared to death to get around people that will pull it out of you. <laughs> this is not in my notes, any of this. <laughs> I was having a good time. I remember I used to I used to play drums. I still play drums, kind of. It's been a while. I think I can still play drums. Um, I remember we had this guy we brought in, Stacy Koch, amazing bass player. Played with um, played with Michael English, some of the big dogs back in the day. Donnie McClurkin. Anybody know some of these guys? And uh, we brought him in, and and um, I mean, I thought I was pretty good. Because everybody in the church told me I was good. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Everybody says you're good. So you're like, I'm pretty good. And then he comes in, and uh, first night of the conference, he comes. I said, what'd you think? He's like, honestly? I was like, honestly? He's like, you're a show-off. I'm like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Hey, now. He's like, you need to just learn how to chill out and lay down a really good groove and let me lock in with you. And he was like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'll never let you be honest with me again. (laughs) It's like... But you know what? I took it, and I raised up, and he came in, and I raised up, and he came back, and I raised up. What's the point? We're creating a culture where if we get healthy people, then you bring in people, and just instead of just being able to say, well, we've saved 10,000 people, we've got all of these healthy people. They're getting physically and emotionally and spiritually healthy, and then they get more people. It is not about how many ugh, people have you saved. You can't even find that in your Bible. How many people have you discipled? All right, we got to bring it back. Let's let's find something to bring it back, and we'll wrap it up. <laughs> I'm like on fire, guys. I feel it, like I feel it. Stand up, let's just stand up right now. I'm not gonna push through it when God's doing something in the moment. Mm. Wow. Woo! (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I just felt like God said, don't leave this moment yet, Mm. So I want you right now, I'm just going to ask you, whatever it looks like to you, I want you just to begin to tell him, I'm hungry, I'm hungry for you, and I want you just to begin to just, just open your heart up to him right now. Come on, come on, you can't do that. If you're really hungry, you'll make it clear, I am hungry for you. I'm hungry for you, I'm hungry for you, I'm hungry for you. Wow, I feel that, guys. Come on, come on. Father, we're hungry for you. Whoa, raise up people, Father. Raise up people. Raise them up, Father. We are raising up people that are healthy believers that say, I can advance the kingdom. We're taking away all the hooks that He has. We're taking them away. We're taking them away. We're taking them away. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Even to the, the hungry, the bitter is sweet. The bitter is sweet. Come on. Whew. <inned noise> <inaudible> Come on, Jesus. 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 Wow. I'm not hyping you up, man. You guys just, I'm just making space right here. That's all I'm doing is making space. Because he said, wait. So we're going to stay right here. Come on, we're making space. We're making space. We're making space. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Woo. Come on. Hunger that moment where there's going to be two different people in a room, and one is getting whacked, and the other one's like, I don't know what's going on, you get to choose which one you are right now, you choose which one you are, so let the hungry say, I am hungry right now, come on, the hungry say, I am hungry right now, we are setting it up and saying, we are ready for what you want to do, we are on board, we're going forward, we're going forward, (laughs) ha ha! There's a level of hunger that says I'm hungry and there's another level of hunger that says I'm already setting the table. One is attached to faith that says I'm hungry and I'm setting the table, let's eat. I see in the spirit realm this morning that we're literally setting the table. So much goodness is ahead of us. So much goodness for your family, for you as an individual, for your children is ahead of us. And this morning, we're just setting the table. We're not even barely tapping into it. We're just putting the plates out. There is healing that's happening in this room. There is healings that are happening in this room. emotional healings that are being healed right now is setting you up to move forward the barriers the hindrances they're being wiped away that's what happens when the father enters the room he says it's not good that my kids carry this Them and he's sin. Let's get rid of that. There's physical healings that are happening in the room. Somebody's legs are getting healed, especially maybe the right leg in the back, the pain and goes into the heel. It's getting healed. It's being healed right now. This is what happens when all of the living gates open up their gates. I just feel like I'm getting blasted by all of the gates that are coming this way. So much flowing out. Is fear. One of the fears that we allow in is thoughts that sound like I've been through this before. But if it wasn't good, it wasn't God. perfect love casts out all fear I'm releasing an outpouring of love now love love that would drive out every fear every hook that's in us that has connected to a fear, love, love, love. You want fear to go, welcome love in. That's all you got to do. Welcome love in.